What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Guys, welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. Guess who's back? Jesse Oweta's back. I just up, ladies and germs. My buddy. My buddy's back. But before we get into it with old good old Jesse, let's talk about let's take care of a little business. Number one is Broadback Ironworks. Makers of the 2x72 grinder. This is an awesome grinder for knife makers, sculptors, metal workers. If you're trying to remove material, if you're a woodworker, your sculptor, this is the machine for you. Awesome new attachments, including um, they have an adjustable rest and they have a new rotary platen that looks great and surface grinder attachments. If you don't have a Broadback but you're interested in the grinders, they're retrofittable. I would highly suggest it. Uh, so go to broadbackironworks.com, put in the promo code Knife Talk 10 for 10% discount on all the grinders, attachments, parts, all that stuff. Uh, definitely worth it. Uh, next is my friends at Even Heat. Even Heat is the manufacturer of the finest heat treat ovens available. For your next oven, go to evenheat-chillin.com. Check out what they have, the tap control. Make sure you get involved with that solid-state drive. It is for you. It is a dynamite, dynamite machine. I cannot make knives without it. If you're hardening steel for tools or anything like that, even pottery. There's, they make ones for pottery people, and they make ones for glass blowers and all that stuff. Definitely check out what's going on over at evenheat-chillin.com. If you're in Canada, go visit my friend Lawrence Lake at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com for all your knife-making needs. Belts, abrasives, steels, kilns, forges, presses, heat treating ovens, anvils, whatever you need to get started resupplied. I'll tell you the thing about Lawrence is so funny. Anytime I mention a product on Knife Talk or here, he'll send me a message and say, oh, I got that. Like we were talking about flattening scales for wood and it, using a surface grinder and he has this attachment that you bolt your scales on and then you can and then all of a sudden your wooden or your G10 or whatever your scales you can flatten on your surface belt grinder. So he's very involved in the knife making community. He just did this great uh, scholarship for the New England School of Metalwork and I highly suggest supporting a guy like him who is in this for you. Go to maritimeknifesupply.com and if you get the 10 pack of braces belts he gives you 10% off. So definitely check it out and if you if you're in Canada definitely deal with Lawrence he's the man and if you're in the United States the shipping is just as quick and if you have if there's something that he doesn't have that you want let him know he'll get it I guarantee you so definitely check out maritimeknifesupply.com I want to thank my friends at Trojan Horse Forge Sam and Jeff are the best they make the greatest vice around for if you're hand sanding, you can. They have a deck that you can put your blade on, and you can hand, hand sand in comfort with rubber gaskets and all these clamps and stuff like that. You can have a a, a beveled knife. You can have you can hand sand with comfort a uh, integral bolster, a curved knife. Doesn't really matter. And then when you finish your handle and you're ready to finish sanding it, you turn it around, stick your knife in that thing, and baby, you got it going on. So you want to go to you want to go to 
trojanhorseforge.com. Put in the promo code FULLBLAST10 to get you 10% off everything, including the T4 Sentinel Oil, which I love the T4 Sentinel Oil. I'm really It comes in a little scientist jar with a little beaker, and you can squeeze a little bit out there, and you feel like you're a professional. You feel like you're a scientist, ladies and gentlemen. Get yourself some of that T4 Sentinel Oil and get 10% off with Full Blast 10 and the handle press attachment. Support these guys. They're going to probably be at Blade Show Texas. I would highly go say hi to them. Tell them you love, you love the fact they sponsor this podcast, and uh, they're a great small business working in the United States for other Small makers like you. So I'm with you, TrojanHorseForge.com. Thank you, Full Blast 10. Uh, I want to thank my friend, Coy Baker. Last week was awesome. I got so many nice messages in regards to uh, BakerForge.com and uh, Coy Baker. It was a great episode. If you want to know about the exotic steels they make, the Copper Mascus, the Copper Mai, the Bronze Mai, Tiger Mai, all that stuff, go to BakerForge.com. Check it out. Go over to uh, BakerForge and Tool on Instagram and definitely check it out. I swear, I swear, we had such a good time. And I got so many messages about people saying, wow, he was really great. He's great. And he'll be back. Coy is an awesome guy. He's a smart guy. He, he A lot of perspective in regards to his decision-making. One of the things about this podcast that I like to kind of like make a point about is you your whole life is valuable to the things that you're doing now. So all the experiences that you have doing anything can be used in the future. Don't just slough it all away. Even a bad experience, don't even slough it all away. Use it and all of a sudden you have this experience that's going to make you make better decisions. So go to BakerForge.com, put in the promo code full blast. You're going to get 10% off your order. Get yourself some of that uh, Tiger Mai, Copper Mai, Bronze Mai. Hey, listen, get a couple jugs of Gator Piss. Get a couple of jugs of Gator Piss. I mean, I don't think my friend Jesse knows anything about the Gator Piss, but we're going to find out. She's going to find out. Gator Piss is a proprietary etchant made by my boy, Coy Baker. It's all in the last episode. It is the most controversial and exciting name in etchants. Nobody talks about etchants except for Gator Piss. Gator short for alligator. Piss is short for urine. Get your, use it for whatever you got. Anything you need to etch, you use that Gator Piss. And Full Blast 10 gets you 10% off. So once again, many thanks to my brother, Coy. We're going to have you back on sooner rather than later. That was too much fun. I want to thank you, Coy, for such a great thing. And thanks to the listeners for sending all such a nice message. Really appreciate it. I want to thank my friends at Total Boat. That's totalboat.com slash full blast. If you're going to stick something in epoxy, you might as well use Total Boat. Keith Decent, Derek from Alden, Keith Johnson, Jimmy Dress, all them motherfuckers, they're all using Total Boat. So if you go to totalboat.com slash full blast, you're going to be using a, you're going to be using a code or a, an avenue that gives me street cred. Street cred, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting pennies on the dollar, you know what I'm saying? So definitely check, make sure make sure Kristen over at Total Boat knows that I know what the hell I'm doing, and I'm not just fucking around. You know, I ain't just sticking, I ain't just playing. I ain't playing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm using the Total Boat, baby. I'm using a two-part epoxy, and I'm using it on my handle scales, all you knife makers. Dude, I've been using it for over a year, year and a half. I've been using only Total Boat, and it's been giving me great results. So definitely check out the totalboat.com slash full blast. And wherever you're listening to this, there are hyperlinks directly to the thing. Send, send Total Boat a message saying that th- this is the best podcast they sponsor. You do me a favor. I know Kristen. She just needs to know. She needs to know that you know. So you send a message. You DM Total Boat. And you say, 
Full Blast Podcast, the best goddamn podcast you sponsor, and stop playing around with anybody else, all right? Next are my friends at GL Hanson & Sons, makers of G-Carta, unique composite of natural fibers and fabrics mixed under epoxy and pressure to create these beautiful, beautiful handle scales that are perfect for you, and um, I would highly suggest it. Basically, it's like it looks like brain coral. My wife thinks, my wife thinks, are you harvesting brain coral no hillary i'm not harvesting great how would i i'm in new york what am i you think i'm there's a coral reef in the hudson river and i'm just going in there like a psychopath with a axe and p picking up coral no i'm using i'm using gl hansen sons i'm using i'm going to gcarta.bigcartel.com getting myself a couple slabs of that beautiful bofa ripple cut tuxini mahi mahi radio worm gcarta pheasant Colorama, Hoopla, get it all. Amazing color, razzle-dazzle for your projects, easy to work with and finish. Get yourself some of that GL Hanson & Sons. And once again, stop playing, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank my friends at Tormex, celebrating 50 years in business with the Black TA Sharpening System. I love this machine. It's changed the way I make knives. I made jokes about it years ago. It was all operator era. I am completely now comfortable with all my knives being sharpened with the Tormek. So go to Tormek.com and at Tormek underscore sharpening on Instagram. And last but not least, I'm going to be doing something new in the very new future. And I need you to go follow Full Blast Podcast on Instagram. And I need you to DM me your blacksmithing questions. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to have Pat Quinn on and we are going to be answering your blacksmithing questions. Questions about vices, questions about tonks, questions about setting up, starting out. You're an intermediate, you're a beginner, whatever you want. I want blacksmithing questions that we can get your your answers to from Pat Quinn Direct. So go to Full Blast Podcast on Instagram and DM us your blacksmithing questions. No questions are too, you know, too immature. <laughs> well, I mean, we're gonna do what we can do. I ain't gonna give you. I mean, don't don't ask it. I mean, if there's too immature, I ain't gonna just gonna edit them. But if you have blacksmithing questions and you want them answered by Pat, send them in. Tongs, hammers, uh, forging, general forging, hammer maintenance, uh, anvils, uh, power hammers. You have a question, send it into Full Blast Podcast on Instagram. Okay, 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 guys. My friend is here. My friend is here. Jesse Oweta is one of the wonderful people on the internet. It is my friend, and she is fantastic. I'm so glad you're here. I want to apologize first. I want to apologize first, but first, I want to welcome my friend, Jesse Oweta. Hi, Jessup. What's up? You know, I only come on here to hear you call me your friend, like, multiple times. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> I have to apologize. I have to apologize to you. Generally speaking, the first episode of the year, you're on it. And I'm going to tell you why you weren't on it this year. I was so tired. I was so tired. And I was having a real, I had, my daughter was home for, for college, from college. I was having such a good time. I just, and she was here for a long time. I could not get myself wrapped around having a guest. And I was like, I should call Jesse. We could have some fun. And I was just like, oh, just, and I gave myself an extra week off. And then the next week I was just like, so I want to apologize to you. You should have been the first guest and I'll, I'll make sure it never happens again. 
I was wondering. I was like, oh my gosh, apparently we're not friends anymore. <laughs> Why? No, 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 no. I- no, because, okay, so no, I had this whole conversation with Steve. Because, of course, Steve sends me a message. He's like, Fader's going to have me back on the podcast. And this was like, I don't know, the last week in December, first week in January, yeah. something. And I hadn't heard from you. And I was like, what? And I was like, I've been replaced with no, no, Steve. No. Listen, listen, I laid his ass <laughs> off too, just like, no. I know. I don't know if he told you that or not. He's heartbroken. I laughed so hard at him. <laughs> <laughs> I laid his ass off. He was supposed to be on. And then I was feeling, the day he was coming on, I felt sick as a dog. And I was tired and I just, I was just like, oh, and it was snowing really hard and I couldn't get to the shop. That's what it was. It was snowing really hard. I closed the shop. I couldn't get to the shop and I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. So I laid his ass off. He coming back too, but I, I, I just want you to know that I, I'm 50 and I, <laughs> I'm also, I don't play mind games. So I am like, there is no, there was definitely never an intention to intentionally snub you. I was just... I was tired. I was so tired and I just couldn't have it. I couldn't make it happen. Uh, I mean, I know that you never would because I know you, but also you have to remember that like if if someone hasn't talked to me in like one day, I assume that I did something and that they right. hate me, even no. though I am notorious for like ignoring people for literal years and just assuming that we're still best friends, <laughs> you know? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> like it- I'm the worst. But yeah, I was like, oh no, I haven't been invited back on. So of course I was like, I guess we'll never talk again. Oh God, I'm, I'm so queen. sorry. I'm no. so sorry. It oh, was don't really apologize. Like, Not at all. It was really like, I honestly, I, I love doing this podcast and I love doing Knife Talk. It is, sometimes it is like... A burden isn't the right word, but sometimes oh, you put in I'm maximum effort. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm just not feeling it, and the I guess it was because I definitely was because my daughter was home, and then it was a snowstorm the day she was home, and all I could think of is like <sighs> I should just hang out with my daughter, and it was like I just didn't really think too much of it, so. No, you right. made the so right I've apologized. choice, and it's all it's all evened out anyways. By when I message steve and i was like oh i'm gonna be on fader's podcast and he was like what i was supposed to be on it and he totally flaked on me and that made me feel so flaked. good deep down flaked flaked <laughs> he is gonna get a ass whipping now Ooh, let me say more bad things about him <laughs> now we now we have a problem steve steve house i steve flaked house. on you I didn't flake on you it was, it was in a fucking snowstorm I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and I don't record in my house because my goddamn dogs will You're start in your car, barking. Aren't you? When, <laughs> I'm in the car. I'm in the car in the shop. It's the best, play, best, best seat in the house. But I'll tell you, yeah, I don't do it at home and it's too distracting at home. And now I have a system in place of like, I'm talking about, I've been recording podcasts in my car for like six years. It's like so crazy. 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 The car is such a good place for a pot. Like I've done voiceovers in my car so many times just because like, you know, I live with noisy people and, you know, the the car is like this nice contained little sound studio and like everything inside it is soft and oh, it's fantastic. It just it gets too hot here during the summer to record in the car. Um, I would die. (laughs) I I tried making I tried I tried making booths a couple times. And it was so much effort. And I was just like, I'm never going to be more comfortable than sitting in the car. And I just had to pull the car into the shop. And it's like, the seat's there. And I I mean, it's it's comfortable shit. 
And it's like, I, in the summertime, it's kind of brutal. But, uh, you know, in the wintertime, it's cold. Who gives a shit? How have you been? I've been pretty good. Um, it's been an incredibly wet winter, uh, even here in the desert, which has been crazy. And, like, my hometown is just getting, the, like, the shit kicked out of it. Yeah. It is flooding so hard, and these massive trees are coming down. Um, but, you know, uh, life goes on. I, my daughter gives me, my daughter's in Los Angeles at school. So she gives, she told me that there's, oh, I forgot get, she's in LA. Oh my know, gosh. So she gets, she told me that they were getting a month's worth of rain in 24 hours or something like that. She says it's pretty, it's pretty dreary. Yeah. But, I was just, I was in Topanga Canyon last weekend. Um, I went to a concert in LA. Oh my gosh. I went to a chamber music concert inside a mausoleum. It was fantastic. But huh. I stayed in Topanga Canyon. Um, so this was exactly one week ago and i was just um looking at the weather reports because i am an old person and it said that um in the past 24 hours topanga canyon has gotten 10 inches of rain where the Ugh. annual rainfall is like 14 inches right that is so gnarly I, but you're not gonna i don't i mean yeah yeah it's weird it's the, the weird thing is is now in new york it's like it's just about t t 40 degrees over here. They're saying that coming up that we're going to get an early spring. And, and even though it is global warming and obviously the end is nigh, nor end is near, not for you, Michael Nye, end is near. I'm, you know, I'm cool with it. I'm cool. I, if I get less winter, I'm, co I'm cool with global warming. Yeah, well, cool that's the it. thing, right? It's like if we're already in the status quo, it's like I will enjoy an early spring. Um, I did my bit, man. I did I did everything I could, man. I did everything I could. You know, I stopped using back in the day. I didn't use the aerosol cans for my hair. You know, I did everything I could. Didn't work. I worked on the ozone layer personally. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit less carbon footprinty, but, you know, I did everything I could do. So I'm going to enjoy an early spring. That's what I'm yeah. going to enjoy. So here's the main question I have for you. You are now the mother of a very, very, very small animal. Yes, what I am. What is going on? What is going on? Right. So a few days ago, um, I hear um, a very, very loud, Jesse, from the kitchen area, which, you know, either means that Ben needs me to help him carry something heavy or he can't find something or, you know, maybe there's just like a particular rabbit in the yard that he's very excited and wants me to see so i come running out and i'm like what what and in his hand is a tiny tiny little baby rattling that is like the size of his thumbnail it's the tiniest thing i've ever seen and yes i'm 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 aware that it is most likely a deer mouse but mouse is harder for me to say, and rat baby is way funnier. So we're going with rat baby. Wait, so you're so you you're going with rat baby based on the way you talk? A little bit, yes, and also because um, that's awesome. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're... <laughs> I, I have to change words sometimes. Some words are hard for me to say. If you've ever read the book "Me Talk Pretty One Day" by David Sedaris, you will understand. Um, but yeah, so we have we maybe have a rodent problem in this area. Uh, not 
the least due to the fact that we throw out, you know, like um, buckets of peanuts every day. But there are there are a lot of rats, like super cute rats that just look like, you know how you know how people think mice are cute, but rats are ugly. Well, our rats just look like really large mice. They're just Mm. a lot bigger. So they're very cute. Um, Still a hard sell for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But we do do have a fair number. They're all all over the desert um, and there are many different kinds. And so, um, you know, we get this baby and I'm like, I'm not sure exactly what it is. His eyes aren't even open. Where did he find it? Oh, on the floor in the garage. Just like bare in the middle of the floor, sitting Just in the middle of the floor. On the floor, he went out to, um, he's going to make some cuts on the table saw. It is amazing that he did not step, step on, on this tiny mouse because right. that maybe has happened. Oh my gosh. One day he was going out into the garage to um, do some work and he opened the door really fast and stepped out. And what we think happened is that he opened the door really fast and hit a little rat then knocked it in the head and dazed it because then he stepped on it. It was okay. That's really sad. Oh, I shouldn't have told us. Now I'm sad. That, Anyways, so he found that's this. Really rat. Gross. <laughs> it was terrible. It was horrifying. He was right. very upset. Um, but yeah, so he finds this teeny tiny little rat baby. His his eyes not even open, just sealed shut. Just he's like fifty percent head, fifty percent butt, and so just most likely the thing. mother just crapped it right out on the floor right there. Well, he did have his fur, so um, depending on what kind of baby he is, okay. like he probably got all of his fur around like ten days or so, and his eyes should open in like um, fifteen days or so. Okay. So he he is probably about ten or eleven days old when we found him. Um, I think that the the thing is he is so mobile it is insane like i have never seen anything move so fast especially for something that is completely blind he's like a little rocket he just motoring all over the place so i think he just motored right out of his nest and just ended up on the floor um and so i looked around i couldn't find where his nest was otherwise i would have happily put him back um but yeah so we brought him in and he was just this teeny tiny little droplet um we didn't we didn't have anything particular to feed him so we had to give him cow's milk which isn't great for him it's not going to kill him but like it's not fatty enough you know so i ordered some kitten formula (laughs) which is apparently a thing that you can feed a rat baby um and yeah just trying to keep him warm and fed and uh, the best part is that uh they don't poop on their own uh, usually their moms lick their butt to get them to poop uh. and i'm like you know what i'm not i'm not that maternal um so we're <laughs> we're, we're what? doing can you imagine can you just imagine no thank you <laughs> oh you hold- how would you hold it and then and then do you do the full lick? Or do you do like... It's like sucking on a on damp yeah. rat. It's like, yeah, it's, like, it's like those little candies where you like like a... Like a what are them called? Like How, a, like are a you oozer? Toots- I was going to... Oh, gross. No, I was going to no, say... No, but you know what I'm talking t- about with like the, the glock in the middle? And then it's like a gusher. That's what it is. Oh a God, fucking gusher. Really gross. Um, I was thinking of a Tootsie Roll. How many okay. licks it take to get to the center? But you know, it's more um, so what, provocative. The, the the lick, the licking kind of promotes them to help excavate it's, or uh, eradicate or I think evacuate, it's some sort of evacuate. like stimulation to get mm. them to poop. I right. it's you know what nature gotcha. is so wonderful. Mm. Um, but we're doing what we call a butt squeegee, which is basically just a Q-tip in warm water, and you just kind of like poke around on his butt until he poops. Is it working? Um, 
It is working. Oh my gosh. The first 24 hours though, I was just like, I was convinced he was going to die because like he didn't want the cow's milk. He doesn't sit still to eat and I couldn't get him to poop. And I was just like, he is going to die of constipation and I'm going to be heartbroken. Um, but yeah, got him to poop. He is now sometimes pooping in his bed, which not great but also he's like bad. that means he's healthy <laughs> he's dead he has he has a little i made him a rat's nest he um he can't be kept in an open container because because he was in a cardboard box with like all of his bedding in there and somehow he climbed up the side of a cardboard box this is this is how how mobile he is and how he's such a danger to himself he's just like hanging on to the edge of the box squeaking um so i got i have a um like a travel toiletries bag that's like a mesh and so i put him in there and just zip it closed because it's fully breathable but he can't get out right so he just sits in rat baby jail but yeah it's uh, been five days now and he's still alive which is wow pretty impressive i have to tell you i don't want to make too much of a connection between our daughter being born and your being. A, <laughs> I don't want to have too many parallels between this, but I definitely remember. And I don't know. You tell me. I remember when our daughter was born, and we were having problems. Hillary was having problems with the nursing, and there's this time between when the baby's born to like everything kind of working. There's like a section of life and biology where it's not as like it's not like you go to the you know soda dispenser and you push in your cup and all of a sudden stuff comes out. There's like a little bit of like a give and take. And I remember we had to kind of, we were using like these vacuum machines and this wasn't working, that wasn't working. And I remember this eureka moment. We, we got the, we got left, we left the, we left the, um, the hospital. They gave us this machine to help Hillary expel whatever rings a bell and it wasn't working and we were all kind of concerned and her parents were there and it was concerning and then i just took the machine apart and put it back together and i got it to they they put a gasket in backwards or something like that you put it in the forge a little bit gave it a couple of taps (laughs) i tell you what i my my and her mother was there when i fixed everyone was getting nervous what are we going to do with the baby and the this isn't working don't worry i told a couple jokes Fix the machine. We got, and I'm not kidding. We got the fucking it. thing to work, but there was this moment. There was this real moment of like, well, what happens if we can't feed this kid? To now we're feeding the kid. I would imagine for you, of like, you know, obviously you've been thrust upon <laughs> this is a weird rodent motherhood, <laughs> and you don't really have a lot of experience in this, and you were able to not only get it to eat, which I, I thought I saw pictures of it. And I was just like, I, I was terrified when my daughter was born. I was, when she was a newborn, I was afraid to pick her up. I felt my hands were fucking big and I was oh, too yeah. big. And I was just terrified that I was going to just crush her accidentally. Mm-hmm. So when I saw your little, I mean, it's so goddamn small. You put it next to a peanut. It's smaller than the peanut. <laughs> All I can think of is, oh man, if I tried to pick this fucker up, he, I, I, his, his little paws, would, he, his arms would be broken. He would be crippled. How did you feel when she's starting to go to the bathroom, starting to feed? Five days is pretty good so far. It's, How it's are you feeling good. about it? 
Well, Ben and I were laughing because, like, our conversations now are exclusively about how much our rat baby pooped and, like, how tired I am because he right. gets fed every two hours. Um, but, yeah, it, it is it is funny because, like, you know, most I'm, I'm sure most parents, especially new parents, uh, do not like their brand new wonderful human baby being compared to a rat baby. I would say that the feelings are the same. It's just the stakes are very different. <laughs> The stakes are very different. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Like when I talked to a friend of mine, um, uh, she works at a hospital and she's in charge of the interns at this hospital. And so, you know, we were talking about how she's like, oh, you know, can't get these kids to do anything. And I was saying like, yeah, when I worked at the restaurant, you know, like I was in charge of all these new kids trying to teach them what to do and whatever. And she's like, it's not the same. I was like, it's the same thing, but I'm not saying that the stakes aren't very different. Like, Someone doesn't get their food, no one dies, right? Like the stakes are very different, but it is the same thing. We're both in charge of like young, stupid children. It's so, the yeah. same. It is the, <laughs> it's ever, totally the same. Feelings are the same. Feelings of being anxious that this animal is going to die. You know, you've taken it. You've you don't have to think about it, like you've taken it away from its family. But yeah. I mean, I'm sure the rat mother didn't give a fuck either. I mean, you know, you know, you know she's not in a therapy chair, a tiny big, you know, rat therapy chair, wondering where her not. child is. You know, she won't give a fuck. You know, the rat. But like I, I can tell. I remember we used to we. I caught a. Um, there was like a, a damaged Oriole in our backyard, and oh. I was like, I was trying to like find a play, you know, like a rescue center, and we were. I was just like, well, what are we gonna do? And what if it needs a drink? And what if we, I that whole feeling of like not knowing really what to do, and then kind of like it slightly working is really, you know, that's universal. It's a universal feeling. Yeah, it's it's such a relief. And like, you know, I've been I've been doing this for more than 30 years, right? So it's like I've raised baby birds that fell out of their nests and like Really? Oh yeah, this is something I've been doing since I was a kid. Like I'm not so familiar with the little um rat babies, but several different types of birds um that I've had like um there was a starling, there were some finches, um there was a scrub jay which was, you know, original George. Um but yeah, just these ugly decrepit little baby birds that would fall out of their nests and cuz we where I grew up has a lot of trees and you know, once I had raised the first one that had we found in our yard, um our neighbors then whenever they would find a bird, they'd show up and be like you take this, you know, so I was just a little kid, um, but I took my job so seriously. And the birds are way easier because all you have to do is take, um, you take dry cat food and you soak it in water until it's squishy. And then you just cut off a little chunk and shove it down their throat. They're, they're, huh. It's it's so much easier. I mean, I did, yes, I did have some die um, because sometimes they just you know, they're in shock or they get too cold or they haven't eaten um, in a while. So they need like more time to get ready. But um, like this is this is something I'm not unfamiliar with, but this species is uh, a very different one. When do you think it's going to get to the point where it doesn't need to be like, because I mean, I see you with like a syringe bottle feeding <laughs> this thing. When is it going to get to the point where you can just kind of like put out a tray of food? Uh, so thing? <laughs> from, from what I've been reading, you know, I'm just Googling it. I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, but, um, like, like every new parent, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just Google it. <laughs> um, so when, once their eyes are, are open, you can start adding in solid foods and just supplementing with the formula. Um, 
this like the whole syringe thing like how much do you feed a, a baby this small it's so hard to say because he's so tiny and yet it feels like he's not getting anything but it's like half of a milliliter and most of it goes down his front so i'm like i don't want to mean like stuffing him with this formula well, how but... much when it when a brat is nursing on its mother i mean how much could it fucking actually have how much like, can it know, hold how I much mean... can it possibly have i mean we're talking about rat m- milk <laughs> it can't possibly it's not like a it's not like a fucking banquet i mean, I mean the, that... the entire baby fits comfortably inside a tablespoon like with yeah. room for another yeah. rat baby yeah like yeah. he's yeah. so I... small um, and of course I did have, you know, I posted, so I posted a reel yesterday, um, uh, which I had meant to do anyways, but was also prompted by my, my mom sent me a message and she's like, she's like, you haven't said anything about rat baby. And like, I'm afraid he might be dead. So I'm scared to ask, which I realized that that is a thing that people are like, they saw him in Ben's stories and my stories. And then half the people asked and the other half, like, don't want to say anything in case he's dead. Oh. And I'm sad. Um, but I was like, yeah, okay, so I'll I'll, I'll post, and um, you know, it's just kind of like a a, a few a few uh, moments in the life of me and Rat Baby, and um, I did say in my caption, I'm like, hey, if you think that I'm doing this wrong, or you think that I should just leave nature alone, or if you think that rats are gross, like, go ahead, leave a comment, like, you know, it 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 boosts engagement and it just makes my channel stronger because I know people are going to have opinions. Um, so I'm like, you know what? Just do it. Go for it. And so of course I got a couple people. Um, mostly they're just like, I think that that's a mouse. I'm like, that's fine. I don't really care. doesn't matter. Um, but then of course someone was like, um, and I I do appreciate the sentiment because someone was like, oh, you know, you shouldn't hold the syringe that way. Cause you're going to like squirt air bubbles into them. Like, Honestly, I'm he won't I wish that he would like try to latch on, but he moves around too much. So I'm basically just putting a tiny drop of formula on the side of his face and he just kind of like sucks it in, which not yeah. ideal. I totally get it. And it's like, you know, oh, you can soak a Q-tip in formula and he'll suck on that. Oh, you can soak a paintbrush in formula. He'll suck on that. No, he won't. <laughs> like he absolutely right. will not. He's so he's so like just wants to move around and do his own thing. So basically, I just squirt food in his face, and I know he gets some because he poops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I did look at the comments, and I was kind of, I was kind of expecting you to, because I feel like sometimes when you do things, I think you do have a group of people who, I don't know if it's their, I don't know what it is about you that makes them want to say something, or or in general, people in general. I didn't think that anyone. I thought everyone on that post was very supportive of you. Yeah, I I felt that too. Even the people who were like, "I don't like raps, but this one is cute." I'm like, "Yay, good good will ambassador." And I I do think that I mean in general the internet is just like, "Wow, it's so crazy out there." Um, but I also think that my propensity to admit that I don't know what I'm doing invites people to tell me what to do. But also, um, I think that a lot of people are still under the impression that I am extremely young and new and I am not, <laughs> I am not extremely old either, but I am I'm on, on the cusp of middle age. So, you know, <laughs> on the cusp, I, I tell you what, I'm way, I'm over the cusp. I'm way over the cusp of middle age. I'd say I'm starting to not want to be on any kind of like myself being on any social media. Cause all I can do is see like, 
see all my fucking wrinkles and look how old I am. And I'm just like, I, who needs to look at this old fucking guy on Instagram? Wait, you know, talking to you on Instagram. Have, I have I loved it since you started being more like, hey, I'm on camera guy. That and your um, throw things on the anvil. Love it. The well, respirator mask <laughs> dust collector was fantastic. Well, here, I'll tell you the origin of it all is if you go to faderknives.com, you can see what's, what we're talking about. Is I started to get in, enjoying doing the editing of like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say they were skits, but I had to figure out, you know, I don't really don't, Instagram for me, I don't really see myself as someone who wants to be a content creator as a business like con content creation is strictly to get people to my website so if it was up to me i would just take pictures of my knives like i used to and then people could screenshot it and say do you have something like this that was perfect but now because reels have become you know in important i've been fooling around with different things for years and trying to figure out what i should do and how can i do this where i'm not spending a maximum amount of time on something and then the algorithm really kind of does, you know, stunt the growth of knife makers in general. So I had to fucking figure out a way to to kind of like skirt the system. So this whole, I did a, like, uh, I was doing the cooking videos and it was so much work. And I was just like, why am I doing this? And my daughter was, my wife and daughter were like, why does this normally take, normally takes 30 minutes to make dinner? Why is it taking two hours mm -hmm. to make dinner? I'm doing a reel. And it was like, it was all too much. Daddy's so got started, content to create. Daddy's got content to create. And we're like, I couldn't see, and I even, and all these ones that I was, I thought they were great and stuff like that. And I was telling the story. I was not getting any traction. I was just like, I need to figure out a way to do less. I need to do less work with maximum, I want less squeeze, maximum juice, and like, I got to skirt the algorithm. So I started, I did, I got, uh, before Christmas, I did that throwing the anvil, throwing the, the parts and then turning it into a friction folder. And then I was just like getting good mileage out of it and I figured out how to do it right so it looked decent. I fooled around with some things, the lighting wasn't good and there were, the change was bad and stuff like that. But And then I started using materials and being like, well, people really want to know what I'm using. And then I was just like... Fuck it. Who gives a shit when I'm, I'm like, all of a sudden I have, you have to suspend disbelief because of the materials I have in my hand. Like we're already suspending disbelief that I'm like creating some sort of magic trick. So this is going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fucking around with this for, I, I want to do it every one every day for a long time. And the crazy part is, is like the engagement from like non viewers, this has been the most I've been getting. So. That's great. I mean, because it's, it's fun, too. And it's a funny thing about, um, I'll say social media, but I'm, I'm mainly just Instagram because I just don't have the capacity for more than that. But like, there was a point when, like, you would follow people who made pretty things and look at their pictures and enjoyed them. Um, but then at some point, everyone started posting really pretty pictures of things. And I was just like, now it's just too much, you know? And it's right. like, I, I usually have a fairly small number of people that I follow, and it's almost exclusively people that I know personally or at least interact with on the internet. Um, and then there's a small percentage of people I just follow because they're interesting or whatever. Right. But, like, I stopped following, actually, like, a lot of artists who do really cool things, but I wasn't feeling engaged with them, and I was just 
you know, I'm just like, that's pretty, like, that's pretty, like, you know, but I wasn't engaging at all. It's like, okay, my feed is getting too clogged up with people I don't know that I'm not really interacting with. Um, I'm going to pare it back down and just give more attention to the people that I do know, you know, which I think is more advantageous in the long run. And it definitely is easier on me because once I start going, I start feeling, well, I got to like everyone's things. Like I want to leave comments. I want to leave like interesting comments. I want to, you know, and it's, it's too much. It's just too much. Um, But I think also, you know, on the content creation side, if it's not your full-time job to like create content that people are just like, wow, you're amazeballs. um, Why not make it fun or something that you like? I mean, you know, the, the reels that the stories, even the stories that I post, like, I think that they're hilarious. And I rewatch my stories every time, like multiple times per day, because it makes me laugh. Like the songs that I choose or the, the funny jokes that nobody else gets, like it makes me happy. And so even when I don't get a lot of engagement or, you know, when Instagram's like, guess what? We're not going to let anyone see your stories today. I'm like, that's fine. I watched them all 12 times and I smiled each time. And like, it's like, it's made my life better. And it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, I stopped paying attention and whatever. No, I still pay attention. I'm sad when my reels don't get a lot of views because I'm like, I think it's great. But at the same time, I rewatch it and I'm like, you know what? I'm amazing. I had a great time. This was fun. No regrets. I'm amazed at all the songs you pick. You're very you're I feel like when I when I when I see your stories, I enjoy your stories too by the way. When you'll do a a, a whole day of stories, all I can think of is how does she know so many songs? Like every song <laughs> seems to be appropriate for the thing. How does she know all this song, these songs? Cuz like me it's like I got uh, I could do a little T-Rex, a little 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 Beastie Boys, a little Rolling Stones. And then I'm now I'm stuck on Magic Carpet Ride for a while and that's it. I'm tapping out. You know, well, that's the fun part for me, and I don't know exactly when I started doing it. It was probably because I was trying to just find different, really sappy love songs that I could put over my stories of Gary. Um, because it's like I only I only put up really, really sappy love songs for my squirrels, uh, because obviously that they're the only ones in the world that I really truly love. But like I thought that was so funny because again I think I'm hilarious, um, and I don't care if no one else does because I laugh. Um, but then it became like that was the thing that I get the most enjoyment out of. Like, ooh, what song can I put with this? And then if I found myself using a song too much, it's like okay, I got to figure out something else. And so I would just like I'd have a video and like something always comes into mind, like a certain word or a certain feeling. The, the worst part is when I can't find the song that I really want. Um, like Instagram doesn't have it or whatever. But um, yes, I that is like the most fulfillment I get out of my quote unquote job is finding what I think is the perfect song to match whatever is in my story. And I, I do try as much as we're supposed to be using trending audio because the algorithm's like, yeah, I'll boost your post if you use trending audio, but everyone uses the same music and it drives me crazy. Like I, it's going to be years before I can listen to running up that hill ever again, because (laughs) not only did everyone use that song, they used the exact same clip and it was like, I was making me feel insane. Um, and so like, I, I try to keep away from it, not to be like contrarian, but just because 
I will often just scroll right past something if I hear music that I've heard too much because it like bothers my soul because I'm a curmudgeon. Um, but yeah, find, get ready, finding get ready for uh, hey, get ready for magic carpet ride from now on. <laughs> all my anvil throws all magic carpet rides, so get ready. Steppenwolf Perfect. is going to send me a season assist at some point. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, 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 that was part of the whole thing. I, it has such a great transition, and all I can think of is like, if I only use the same song, I'll only get one cease and desist as opposed to a million different bands. I, mean, I don't want a million different. I just want one cease and desist from Steppenwolf, and that I'm and I'll then I'll knock it all off. But the funny thing is, is like if if you if you from now till the end of time only use the same song for all of you your reels, that would not bother me. Like I have um I have my one piece of music that I use uh in my stories and it's like I literally search for elevator music and there's like this one particular thing that shows up when you type in elevator to the search bar and I use a five second clip of this music when I do um a post where it's just text like in between like oh let me tell you how my day went or something else brilliant um and I use it every single time I do just a blank story with text on it no photos no videos because I think it's funny and like if anyone watches my stories consistently they'll know that like when they see that they're like oh I know exactly what music is going to be playing so that's like it, it's almost become like an inside joke to myself, <laughs> between me and myself, because I don't know if anyone else has really noticed. But I think that's funny to use the same exact thing, because now you're pointing at it being like, no, 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 I'm using the same one. Um, so I think you absolutely should use Magic Carpet for every single anvil toss you do. As a radio lover, a person who loves hitting the post, hitting the post is when a, a DJ would talk up a talk up a song and then right when they start singing, they stop and it's like this awesome transition. It's terrible that it steps on the song, but at the same time, it's called hitting the post. When I use, and, uh, there are certain songs that have awesome hitting the post, and Magic Carpet Ride is there, and I'm trying to create. I guess I guess I'm trying to like create a thing like I, I guess i'm trying to do a thing and i'm just stick with it and i'm gonna stick with this for a while and i'm you know that's the way it is that's the way yeah, it it's is good. it's evolution too because it's like you know you do it with the actual materials and it's like it's fun but at some right. point people are just gonna be like oh he's doing that thing again yeah now it's like the the question is what is he going to throw on the anvil right well i it's funny that you say that because in the beginning one guy wrote are you putting on the, are they putting, using the razor blades as if you're going to forge well the razor blades together? And I'm just like, please try not to. And I, I, I don't, I don't engage either. I just, my, my favorite thing now to do is I'll do the, um, my answer for all questions now is the magic wand emoji. <laughs> the magic wand emoji is now is it my. the new I'm with you? <laughs> that is the new I'm with you. <laughs> That's the anvil. I'm with you. Is the magic the, the magic wand? If I give you the magic wand, that's the I'm with you. That's all you're gonna get. And then maybe a, maybe you'll get like a trophy. Maybe you'll get the why the the champagne glasses clinking have always been the I'm oh, yeah. with you. But now the magic wand is the is the new I'm with yes is the new I'm with you, Jesse. I, you I love it. it. That is that is perfect. <laughs> There are no follow-ups when you give them the magic wand. There really how isn't. You, 
<laughs> like <laughs> I, I did I did a post a while back where um people were being annoying to me. So I did a post where I was being annoying back to them. And I was just like Anyone who comments on this post, I don't care if you're being supportive or you're being a troll. Everyone gets a potato emoji. I put that right in the in the caption. And so every single comment, I was like, you get a potato and you get a potato. Right. Because I'm just like, I'm tired. I am. I'm so tired of people being annoying and trying to tell me literally anything. I don't I don't need to be told anything. I know when I'm doing things wrong. I'm doing my best. Don't tell me anything. You get a potato. <laughs> well, but that's see, there are certain there are certain emojis that are like the tennis the te- like I always think conversations like a tennis match and you're volleying across the the net. There are certain emojis that will elicit a response. Like if you do the shrug your shoulders, like I don't know, that's gonna end up. You, yeah, that's gonna get a. You're gonna get a fucking. You're not gonna. You're gonna get a ball back. Yeah. You're gonna, they're gonna hit it over the net, and you're not, now you're gonna have to respond again. So yeah, I'm the volley going emojis. For, <laughs> I'm going for emoji. You have to find out your emojis that will the I'm with you emoji will stop the conversation. <laughs> and right now, the magic wand's doing a pretty good job. I must admit, there's not a lot of magic emojis. A lot of like you know, it's you know magic. Magic wand's doing the trick right now. Yeah, and it's recognizable as a thing, so people aren't like, well, "What is that? What what is that?" Yeah. You know, it's like it's a well, it's a magic wand, like yeah, magic. And then you feel kind of stupid for asking, "What does this emoji mean?" <laughs> well, the, here's the hilarious part: is like it's clearly, it's clearly some type of edit. And now I'm focusing on the lighting and I'm focusing on the whole thing. And then I'll get these questions about, you know, I'll do a serrated knife, and the guy, I'll, it, it, it's a walnut handled knife. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not just going to put wood up there. I'm going to find some walnuts. <laughs> so I've rummaged around the woods, found some old wild walnuts. And I'm just like, <laughs> people will know that that's a walnut. And I'm just going to throw walnuts and a piece of steel out of walnuts on a bandsaw, on a table saw blade. And they're going to know. And then and then I'll get a message saying, well, how do you do that? So how do you do the serrations? <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, fucking magic wand. That's yeah, why exactly. that's the answers. Magic wand. That's how I do it. Magic wand's the answer. And then it also seems like you're like, ooh, <laughs> trade secrets. <laughs> yeah, magic wand. Magic wand is make the What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co make me a dick either it's just like let's not and then i got such a funny message from nick anger nick nick anger nick anger whatever you want to call him he is one of the best knife makers in the country i love this fucking guy big giant monster he's i usually refer to him as my monster guardian angel because he's like six foot eight and he's like a fucking gorilla i mean he's a big guy he's so talented he's so nice he's he's just such a great guy so he saw the he saw the picture and he sent me the DM and he goes, oh, I've been oh cool I've been working with respirator Damascus recently too because he's using nice. a respirator part he's like oh yeah I'm, I'm working with respirator Damascus too I thought that was really funny it was just kind of like you know let's not get so crazy I'm actually not really focusing on knife makers I'm trying to get other people I'm trying to get like you know people who may be a customer so like all these knife guys who are like writing me saying oh I see their your walnuts there how do you do the serrations it's like magic wand you get a fucking magic wand and leave me alone dude 
fucking magic wand. It's like, how do you do serrations? Uh, I mean, it's like... <laughs> Turn it back it, on you, them. <laughs> you, it's, like, it's like when people have have like serious conversations about like star Wars characters, you know, it's like, to me, it's like, it's, you cannot, no, well, actually oh, yeah, that's but, not canon. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> but it's like, but it's like, it, they're fucking in space. You know, it's like, they're talking in space. One of the craziest things about star Wars that drives me mad is these people never go to school, but they understand all the languages. <laughs> Like all the all the aliens and the monsters, people people talk about the like the oh well it does do. I said yeah, but they understand. The guy didn't go to school. Like Luke Skywalker didn't go to school, but all of a sudden he understands all these languages. Get the how fuck out of here. how does Han Solo understand Chewie, and how does Chewie understand him, and why don't they ever speak the same language? Magic wand. <laughs> you gotta give him a magic wand emoji. <laughs> You gotta give them that. So that's the answer for when you see this, the ridiculousness of it. Oh yeah, well you know, in the X Men, the da, 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 magic wand emoji. It's over. It's over. I, Don't worry about it. Suspend disbelief. I kind of want to just in casual conversation with people when they say something that I find annoying to just say magic wand yeah. and just leave it at that. Maybe just like walk out of the room at <laughs> or that, have after a magic that. wand. Or have a magic <laughs> oh wand my in your gosh. sleeve. You have it pulled out of your sleeve and you just kinda of like ding like magic like, wand. Just hold yeah. it up. Tinkerbell. Like you fucking spray him with some glitter. And it's like <laughs> magic wand emoji. I don't know. It's all magic. <laughs> I mean it's like you can't get make it up. And, and I get I get I mean, you, you just can't... My knife makers, and I'll say this respectfully. Ah, you know what? Fuck this. I don't say it respectfully. <laughs> They're all a bunch of thieves. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> it's I, I, I always used to think artists were thieves, but there is nobody, there's no bigger thief than the knife maker because there's a number of things going on. Number one is they think that they're artists. Mm. They don't. They think that this is art. It's not art. This is a, this is a, a series of tips and tricks and techniques that you string together and make something that like people understand what it is. This is not a true. This isn't modern sculpture. This is modern art. So you learn this guy's trick. You learn this guy's tip. You throw them all together. Next thing you know, you got something. So what happens is, is and, and 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 I'm saying this glibly, and obviously, God live, live your life. God bless you. But I have gotten so many DMs. I'll, I'll put up a tip or I'll put something up, and I will always get, I'm going to steal that LOL. Mm-hmm. I'm going to steal that LOL. And it's as if the LOL is I'm being funny and ironic. And then they make my knives. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's, it's annoying. It's like, it's yeah. like, but so... I have to figure out ways in which to do things totally different from everybody else. And it sucks. But at the same time, it does make me better. Yeah. But magic wand emoji, you're all getting magic wand emoji. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you know, um, Ben always says, because, like, he, he's always been very free with, like, whatever I make, I put it out there so other people can make it too, right? And so people are always like, well, you know, you don't get upset with, like, people stealing your ideas. And Ben's always like, I have millions of ideas. And I'll just move on to the next one, right? And so right. it's like when he, when he comes up with something that he thinks is like extremely cool or is going to be like maybe a big deal, he won't he won't um, preload it, right? So no one knows until he drops his video, and that's his way of like protecting it until he showcases it, um, because there's. There are a few things more frustrating than teasing a project and having someone who's got a lot of ambition go and make it first before you drop yours. Anyways, um, but like 
he oh like when he first started pouring um concrete in his lego creations he was like i think this is going to be a big thing for me so i'm not like teasing it or the process or anything i'm just going to show it at some point which worked out great and he's done a lot of really great stuff with that um but i did think that was interesting because ben was just like i have unlimited ideas to choose from so like if people want to make my creations great they'll probably make them better than i do because they're more detail oriented um which is true um but he has so many ideas and i have like four ideas (laughs) like in my entire life because i'm not i'm not that creative a person and um uh, Brett, Skull and Spade 13, Brett and I had a long conversation about like, what is an artist? And I know that you and I have also had this conversation. First Maker Camp. I remember Brett was looking at us being like, what are you guys talking about? You look so serious. Um, but we we're talking about being an artist. Um, and for me, like, I'm not an artist. And a lot of people tell me, oh, you're so creative. I'm like, I'm not creative like the way that I look at like there's creative and there's constructive like I can be constructive someone said putting together a puzzle is creative it's not creative it's constructive Um, but it feels like something that you're you're doing something that someone else was creative with right? right so it's like paint doing a painting that is creative. Doing a paint by number, that's constructive. Um, and I'm a constructive person. I like to connect the dots. I like to just put t- things together in the way that I know that they fit. Um, you know, it's like I will I will be constructive in the way that like I will construct furniture. And yes, maybe it's specifically suited to me. I don't necessarily consider that to be creative. It's more just like problem solving, right? Um, so I think that there's a, a, a lot in the way of like, we tend to want to tell people, oh, you're so creative, just trying to compliment them, you know, give them props for whatever they made that you like. Um, but I do think that we just kind of bandy about the words artist and creative a little too much. And we use it as kind of a blanket compliment for things when, you know, it's like, oh, when I say I'm not creative, then people are like, oh, no, no, you so are. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not like insulting myself. And I understand that you're complimenting me. But I do think that there's a different, like, I think Ben is extremely creative. Um, Do I like everything that he does? Absolutely not. Some of the things he makes are so stupid and I hate them and they usually weigh a lot and I get to move them uh, around for years on end. But it's so creative, the things that he makes, because it's just like, where did you even come up with that? You definitely never saw that modeled by anyone. Like, you know, that is creative where I'm like, it's more like, um, what is it, uh, function follows form, where I'm just like, I want all function, and if it looks nice, that's a bonus, but not necessary. Um, Why yeah. do you think that is? And I wonder about you it being, I'm going to propose something, and tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Do you feel as though you don't want to express yourself creative, creatively? Is it because you're looking to fit in? Um, no. So I, I realized at a very young age that I will never fit in. (laughs) Um, I, so I think like the easiest way I can put it is when I was very, very small, like the people in my family are, um, let's say above average artists, some of them better than others, but they're all above average with like drawing and painting and creating like a visual media that is pleasing. Um, right. And I'm very much 
like I can remember just tiny, tiny child just with my, my pencil and paper and just like draw, trying to draw a face. And it's just like a circle. I'm like, well, that's not right. It doesn't look like a face, but also my brain doesn't say, hey, how do, how about you try a different way? I'm just like, circle, no shape, nose. And like, I know that that's not the right thing, but I feel like there's there's maybe a disconnect between um, like my brain and my motor function because mm. like I, I'm very imaginative. I have a very, very strong imagination. And like, there are things that I can... It's not even like I see them in my head. It's more like I feel them in my head, like, ooh, this thing, this way, and it looks like this. But when I go to try and create that, it's like my hands are like, I don't I don't understand brain language. I'll just hmm. do what I know. Here is a box, you know, made out of plywood. Um but I also like I I enjoy I enjoy the pretty, you know, I enjoy other people's artistic creations. Um, but I've also never really been compelled to do them like I would love to be able to draw just because I think it's so cool and interesting that people can draw but be like oh well why don't you like take a drawing course or at the very least get that book like drawing from the right side of the brain or whatever it is I can never remember and like I I had that book and I looked at it and I read the entire book because I read books but I'm also like "Mm, no I'm good (laughs) I I don't I don't know exactly what it is because like um Ben is a really good artist, um, and he and he worked on it a lot for when he was going to school. Um, my sister Emily, she does a lot. Like she's she's very artistically motivated, and she'll just sit down and be like, "I painted all day today," and they're gorgeous, and they're like clear, like it's clear what they are, but they're mildly abstract. She works mainly with like color and shadow. Um, you know, my mom is a fantastic artist. My dad was an artist. He was also a jewelry maker. And then my oldest brother is like, you can see how much of an artist he is in um, like the house that he built in Argentina that he, he built himself and it is made a lot out of um, Adobe that he made and it has no corners because his wife doesn't like corners. So they have a house with no corners and it's just it's so beautiful and it's decorative. Like, you know, he does the, the colored glass bottles that are inset into the walls so that the light comes through in like different colors. He, he has a pizza oven that he made himself that hmm. is in the shape of a dragon's mouth. So you like pull the pizza out of the dragon's mouth. Like, these are all things that like everyone in my family, except for me, like does. And now again, I do like I I love like the fun things, the creative things, the the little tchotchkes, and I I have lots of the I'm looking at a very tiny pinata right now that I love that I got for my birthday and has sat, sat on my shelf forever. I love those things, but when it comes down to like oh would you ever make this, it's like mm, not really. Hmm. And I, I I'm not even a hundred percent sure why that is, and I think that like the closest I got to that was I recently got some silicone molds for to make teeny tiny cinder blocks out of you know concrete or non-shrink grout and it was like a week where I made them every day and I thought that was so fun and I will eventually make something out of them but for me it was just like I got excited about the idea of like pouring these concrete blocks just because for one thing it was something that I could do that I knew I wouldn't fuck up because that's also a big thing with me it's like I don't like to do things that I don't know how to do right because I'm so hard on myself um that I just like I lose all joy in it if something doesn't go right so I like to do things that I know how to do like 
sanding Ben's projects for five hours because he doesn't have the patience for it. Mm. I love it. I'm like, this is something that needs to be done. I can't fuck it up. I'm going to be great at this. I will listen to the same book that I've listened to 150 times, and I will sand this piece of wood. And, um, you know, most people don't like that. And I think those are the people who want to create art in some way. We're like, I really just want to be useful. <laughs> Here's a question. <laughs> you, that was, you said it with a joke. You want to be useful. Are you the youngest? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you think absolutely. That, do you think that do you think that growing up in a very creative family, you guys are all homeschooled, your 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 parents I gave your parents a lot of credit because what they did was they really encouraged all you to be, you know, to, to live your lives in a very impactful way. I mean your brothers are all your know, brother and sister you have one sister and two brothers, right? Correct. They're all very, you know, they're very impactful. They're not, you know, th these are people who are doing things. I wonder if it was intimidating for you to be around these people doing all these things because I'd be intimidated. Like I was intimidated by my father because he was an extraordinary painter and I didn't even go, I, I wanted to be an art major, but I thought I can't possibly compete with my father, so I'm not even going to take any painting classes. And I really regret it. But a lot of it was I felt, intimidated by that and i wonder do you think that you're intimidated by the 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 creativity and the talent here because you're i find you to be very creative even if if it's just your your style and your demeanor and the way you carry yourself and the way you do your instagram and the, the what you show people i find you to be very creative for you to say this makes me think like Maybe there's this feeling of, and I don't mean to put you on the chair, but I wonder if it was intimidating growing up. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, my oldest brother, Nate, is nine years older than I am, right? So there's a nine-year age gap. gap. Um, as you said, we were all homeschooled, so we're all home all the time. And like, there's always going to be that part of me that feels like I'm behind. Because when my mom is teaching my teenage brothers, you know, like high school grammar, I'm like five years old trying to figure out, you know, why my grammar isn't very good. And so that's definitely a part of it. And, you know, it's it, it's a thing for anyone, I think, who is the youngest. I mean, generally, generally speaking, anyone who is the youngest will have that feeling of like, we're never quite going to catch up. Um, so that that is, of course, a part of it. Um, but I think also something wow i just totally lost my train of thought because i looked at my computer and it said rat mum and then i started thinking about rat baby <laughs> i totally got sidetracked well you were, we were talking about i'll i'll bring you back okay, we, bring we were back. talking about whether or not you might have felt intimidated by the creativity of your brothers and sister mm -hmm. and that they were being they were being teaching they were taught grammar and you couldn't understand why you didn't do the grammar and did that work? The no. jogger jog you? No, I'm I'm I might be able to bring it back at some don't, point. Um, don't worry about that. <laughs> I I feel as though I feel as though, and this is back to knife making, is I feel as though creativity is hard for people because there is there is incredible vulnerability when you make anything for people to see. 
because there's always you know millions of people you know can see what you're doing oh on i know Instagram. what i was gonna say go ahead shoot go ahead got <laughs> um, it. Get it. something i've been realizing lately is that um i, I feel like um i've never really grown up right because like when um, I'm just a, I'm gonna speak for everyone. When you're a kid, everyone's like, "Oh, you're too young to do this. You can do this when you're older. You'll understand when you're older." And so, like, I grew up thinking that at some point I would just be grown up and understand things. Um, and that has never happened. I don't understand right. things. I don't feel grown up. And so, I feel like a lot of the things that I would see my older siblings do it was just like, "Oh, I'm too young. I'll understand when I'm older." But like, I didn't. I I couldn't conceptualize like oh you have to like actually start now so that when you're older you will know it you know like it's not like oh you want to play the piano when you're older you can play the piano you don't just you know turn 25 and suddenly know how to play the piano it's like no you start when you're a kid and when you're 25 you're a pianist right um and I, I cuz I I I take things very literally so if someone says you're too young you'll understand when you're older I will assume that when I am older, I will magically understand things. Like that's was, that that's my realization that I came to recently is like there's so much in my life that um, because again, since I was the youngest, I was always in situations where everyone around me was older. And so it's like, oh, I didn't see the progression. So obviously it's just an age difference thing. And I think that's it's one of the the hard things we have um, specifically in this country, that we have this huge gap of like these people hang out with their own age. These people hang out with their own age. There's not a whole lot of overlap. So there's just, there's separation. It's just like, you're too young. You don't understand. I'm older. I I know these things. But there's no kind of like nurturing to like, well, let's get you started so that you will be here instead of just not understanding anything your entire life and never really feeling like you've grown up. And like, I think that's one of the, the, the most important things is in so many aspects of my life, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of people around me who were older, like in the, in the music realm, right? Where it's like, you know, I went to um, a chamber music festival in Italy when I was 13. And al- although the teachers seemed so grown up, I, I now realize they were like 25 to 30. They were super young. But like, we all became friends because it was a very small group. And so like, we all kept in touch afterwards. And like, you know, they were, um, they worked with my youth symphony and some of them were my teachers. And like, my parents would have them over to our house because they're all like these young people who are in, you know, graduate school or just getting out of graduate school and trying to find jobs. They're all, you know, away from their families. And so we would have them over to um, my family house and my mom would like cook for everyone. We'd go camping together. And the opportunity to interact um, on a level that was much higher than my age was invaluable to me um, for so many reasons. And anytime someone like looks at a young person, it's just like, oh, you're so immature, grow up. It's like, show them how. Like, talk to them in a way that requires them to to reach up, you know? Like, if you're a teenager and you only ever hang out with teenagers, you're only going to trust teenagers. You're only going to ask teenagers questions, sometimes questions that really should be asked to someone who has more life experience. Like, it's not the age thing. It's the experience thing where it's like, oh, you've never experienced this? Let me ask someone who has. They may have uh, – give me a better understanding of that thing. Um so I like to bring it all back around. Um, absolutely, being the youngest has been um, like very difficult in the way that 
I don't know if I'll ever feel like I've caught up with anyone, um, but also it has been a benefit because I did have older people around me and I would see them doing things and, and being creative. Like Ben, when he was a teenager, when he was in high school, he decided that he wanted to make a knife and he had no idea what he was doing. And we didn't have Google back then. Um, so he just knew like, oh, I need something a really hot space to put this piece of steel that I found in the garage. Um, and so he piled a bunch of cinder blocks um, directly on the concrete pad, which blew up. Not a great idea, but he did it, right? So like he just had, he had heat guns going and he was able to make this piece of steel soft enough to gently shape it with a hammer. And then he basically just, you know, did stock removal after that and made some wood scales. Um, but like, that was a thing that just went on in my backyard. You know, the, those were things that I witnessed growing up. Like my entire family was like YouTube. You know, my my <laughs> my oldest brother took a took the motor off of a lawnmower and put it on a scooter. They're just driving around the neighborhood. Like that's just what my backyard looked like. Um, so benefit, yes, I would I would never change my youngest child position for anything in the world. Um, but it, it does make me wonder, like, at what point will I f not feel like I'm trying to catch up with everyone around me? And I, I don't think it helps that I live with one of my older brothers, <laughs> especially the one who, like, went to college and, like, you know, got his master's and, like, owned a successful architecture firm and blah, 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 and is now building a hotel. Like, that doesn't help. <laughs> it also doesn't help that he is middle-aged and has a six-pack. Like, every... I hate him. He's the worst. <laughs> he is the worst. Um, but it also reminds me, like, these are the things that he's been doing his entire life. And then I have to try and figure out if there's anything at all that I've been doing my entire life that I could maybe become good at hopefully sometime soon listen don't don't do the fishing with me don't do the fishing that was a fishing move i know oh, fishing no, it, totally, it. it totally wasn't it totally wasn't it's oh, my, my self-deprecating all due respect to the rat mom that's some bullshit and I, I know it when i see it i've been I, the funny thing about experience i talk about experience a lot because i feel as though the the hardest part about um the young younger people is they're looking for immediate uh results mm. and a lot of it is is almost like <clears throat> unbearable that people want to be uh proficient in something without understanding that it takes a long time and you watch you know these young guys who are awesome knife makers and you're just like i, kinda, I, I should be like him or how come i'm not like that by now or it's just taking too long and i feel as though there is a lack of and i'm speaking from i have a different background than most of these guys i mean i was a fab i've been a fabricator and a metal worker for almost 30 years and i was a blacksmith for i mean i started at the center for metal arts 15 16 years ago more than well my kid was 19 so like almost 18 years ago so like i have a leg up and that i don't i take i do take for granted the experiences that i've had because most of the people who are in the maker community don't have uh i hate to say real world experience but they've never worked most of them have never worked in a metal shop or a car or a carpentry business or or and and it, where you learn the foundational experience in order for you to kind of be pro proficient on the basic things yeah and i think that it's hard 
I think that experience is hard. The interesting thing is, is because you, you always, you always give off the, uh, you, you give off the demographic of 17 to 24. Like if you told me you were, <laughs> if you, if you were anywhere, with, I take it as a compliment. You, you, that's your demographic, 17 to 24. I love you. <laughs> but, but you know, it's like, it's like you, you, I don't think you realize that, you know, your, your, your decision-making from when you're 17 to 24 to in your late forties is completely different and your motivation is completely different. Yeah. So your whole idea of maybe someday I'll grow up is I think you'll be, I think that you just, I think you need to be less hard on yourself. That is true. And, um, I, I, I do agree with that. I, I also have to remind myself quite frequently that I am in a situation where almost everything that I do is something I've never done, which is something that I admittedly hate. Um, so, you know, in that way, I am in the worst job of my life. <laughs> um, but it's also, it's an exciting thing because it is also a thing that like, the, the stakes are high for me, but for no one else, right? So it's like, I would never tell anyone else, I can um, build a house for you because the stakes are too high and I don't know what I'm doing. And yet I have this project house that I have to rebuild. The stakes are high for me, but no one else. So like, I think that this is hopefully going to be a really good experience of not even just like doing the project, but me trying to remind myself, um, take it easy. You've never done this. You might fuck it up, but guess what? You'll fix it <laughs> because that's what you do. Like, I'm, I'm, I, what I, I like to fix things. Um, and I like to create problems that no one else has seen. Um, I have maybe been told that when someone presents me with something that they made, the first thing out of my mouth shouldn't be, um, this is a fail point And why did you do it this way? Um, that is maybe a problem that I have. Um, but that I'm much better at that <laughs> because that's what I, that's what I know is, is being critical. Um, so I can, you know, sit in my little poop house and know exactly what needs to be done and how to fix the problem. But then I terrify myself because, well, am I going to fix this problem? I've never done that before. I'm going to totally fuck it up. And then I have to talk myself down and be like, it doesn't matter. And in fact, it's it's more useful. Like I'm not useful. Um, I'm not a useful example of how to make things because I'm not going to do it right. I'm not a professional. Like if you want to learn the right way to do something follow a professional. But if you want to see someone who is like trying to figure it out as an encouragement to you to try and figure out how to do something you've never done, then then it's perfect. And in that way, it's like, you know, I'm not going to make mistakes on purpose. I never do, believe it or not. But it is, there is value in showing that you're just trying to figure out how to do the thing, you know. And that's like the um, the most validation I've ever had from internet people that I don't know is just the people who didn't say like your project is cool or whatever it's and not even that like oh I did it and it was easy or anything like that it's just someone who's like I never thought about using tools before because it was never shown to me um, but I saw you do it and you said you didn't know how and I thought I bet I could do that and they can because literally anything that I can do anyone can do because this is this is all new you know um, so that that's something that I'm I am continually working on um, is reminding myself that 
when the stakes are high only for me, I have the freedom uh, to to make mistakes and even stupid mistakes because then I, I learn best that way anyways. I learn by making mistakes. I don't really learn from my mistakes. I make the same ones over, but I learn <laughs> by making the mistake. Like now I know why it's a mistake <laughs> and I will do it three more times until I get it right. Uh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And the fact that you admit it is makes you a better person. How is, so the poop house is a house that you, if you go to iJessup on YouTube, you're built. You're renovating a house that was abandoned, and Correct. you're basically in a disaster area. Last time we talked, it had been broken into, and yeah. that was very depressing for you. Yeah. How are things going? How are things going on that build? Um. So I have done almost nothing on it since then. Um. And a lot of that was due to the fact that, like, you know, after working so hard just to clear out all of the hoarder shit, um. You know, um, someone, like you said, uh, broke in and they stole all of my tools. Um, and it it was a huge blow to me just because it, it's so violating, you know. It's such a violation. Yeah. And then I I was extremely fortunate. My my community and my sponsors actually rallied around and, and um, you know, replaced a lot, a lot of the stuff that, that was stolen. Um, and... I did have, I had a moment where, you know, cause I only, I only work on time limits. And since I work for myself and like, there are no stakes, there's no time limit, which is why I've had this house for like four years and it still hasn't even been started to be rehabbed. But, um, when I went to, uh, Maker Central last May, um, the week before I left, I was like, I should really do something productive before I leave. And so I decided to, um, pull down one of the little shanties on my property and like clear out all the garbage that was in there. And I had exactly five days before I left the country for a month. So I was like, I'm going to get this done. I went out there every day and I just like hauled ass and got it all done. I was so proud of myself. And I was like, I'm going to take my computer with me to, um, to England. I'm going to edit the video. Guess what? Still have not edited that video from a year ago. <laughs> so that was the last thing I did to the property what ended up happening <laughs> again was um someone stole some lumber from my property which was another like are you kidding me so then i moved like i yeah i have a bunch of 2 by 6s and some um cedar siding I had to move that into the poop house you know like boarded up the broken window whatever and then those motherfuckers came back. They stole the door off my RV and even more personal, they stole my cast iron bathtub. And I'm just like Argh. out of the out of the bathroom. It was I was okay, on the it, ground. It was in the backyard. <laughs> but, but that wasn't that was. I mean, that's that's they're selling oh, yeah. cast iron bath. I mean, they're just trying. to Oh yeah, sell I mean they they, they they can make a few hundred yeah. dollars on that. Ah, bathtub. a few hundred. They ain't gonna make a few hundred off a cast iron tub. I can tell you that <laughs> in <laughs> California, absolutely. I, I mean, I, those things yeah. will go for six, seven hundred dollars depending on the condition that they're in. Like you do not even understand. You can buy the shittiest busted up anvil at a at a um vintage vintage store thrift store in California, and it'll be two thousand dollars 
just because someone wants to put it in their house as decoration. Like this cast iron tub, I guarantee you it's going in someone else's backyard and they're going to pay multiple hundreds of dollars for it. You know, the funny thing is I just assumed they were going to take it to a scrapyard. Oh, no, no, no. It didn't dawn on me that they would be, it would actually be resold. Yeah, I think like a Californian. Just, you know, like. I don't want to. No, thank (laughs) you. No, no no offense. Nobody wants to. (laughs) Respectfully, no, thank you. Respectfully, no, thank you. Nobody wants to. I've just been indoctrinated. (laughs) Is there, is there going to be, I mean, what i i hate the i i worked with this artist and she felt that she her shop had been broken into and it hadn't and she was so upset that she didn't come to the shop for a long time because she just felt like it was a complete violation right do you think how number one how are you going to be able to make it so you can go back obviously you got to finish it you want to finish it but how can you how can you make sure that you're it's secure enough and then you feel comfortable being there? Well, so there there is one like clarification. Like my house wasn't technically broken into like they were they like shimmied open one of the windows because all the windows are, you know, kind of crooked. So it's not like they, they didn't break down the door and pick the lock, they didn't break window or anything. If they um, came into your house it's, without okay. no, you, I only, wanting to, they broke into it. I if only, the door was fucking open, they've broken I'm only it. making that distinction because like I have a um, storage container on the property that has a lock on it. You know, the front, our, my front door has a padlock on it because the doorknob doesn't work. So like it would be so, so simple to um, like take a an angle grinder to that two seconds you're in right so i only make the distinction because they're looking for something super easy to just grab like once once i got that window all the way closed where you can't open it from the outside and i completely boarded up the broken window like no one has gone back into the house it would not be difficult but they're looking for the easiest way in to just grab something and leave Um, and that's really really common out here So, like, of course, they absolutely, like, violated my property and my privacy and stole my things. But I do feel like that's an important distinction to make up to this point. Like, um, they're just trying to grab something quick and easy. Um, So when one one of the things that I really need to do is I need to create a better um, barrier around my property. I need a better fence all the way around. Um, I have two and a half acres. Um, and then like the, the part where the house is on the part that's really going to be more livable is, you know, probably about half that. Um, so I will be putting a, you know, a good fence around it. Um, it's more, it's more out there. It's more about creating deterrence, um, to where it's like, you know what, that looks too difficult. I'm not going to think about it. Um, so that's something where I'm, I'm not really worried about my own safety. Um, that's something that I, I don't think that I really have to worry about. Um, I've been out here long enough to kind of see what goes on and the kind of things that people will take. And like Ben has had stuff stolen off of his house property. Um, unfortunately, he had had a bunch of wiring put in, but the house was still open because he was waiting on windows and doors. And so they pulled out all the wiring. But like, you know, once the windows and doors went up, like nobody came back. They just, right. they're only looking for things that are easy. Um, and also because it's a property that, you know, nobody's there all day, every day, right? Um, so there is that part of it. Um, I will say also the, um, for, you know, the next step of building up my property 
is actually rebuilding. And so that, again, is why I'm like stalling myself because I'm scared to start because I know that like once I start pulling down the exterior, I have to replace it as fast as possible because, you know, I'd, for one thing, I don't want to leave it open because it's winter, but also if it's open, people will go inside. I've got, right. <laughs> thankfully, all that is in there is um, a pile of lumber and and my baby grand piano, but still, um, I don't want anyone messing with that. And right. so I have been super fortunate. Um, so I did talk to um, Huber Wood and they are sponsoring me for the next video. We're going to get some of that zip system to throw on the outside of the house, get the sheathing up, uh, make sure it's all watertight. I am super excited about that. And it's like, I feel like it's kind of a big deal for them to support me in that way because like, you know, I'm, I'm not in construction. Like they're a legitimate construction company. Um, they're big time. This is not maker things. Like they're big time. Um, so I'm, I feel really, really fortunate that they would even hear me out on it. And then also um, a, a very exciting thing. Um, last year when I was at um, the International Builder Show in Las Vegas, um, I I got to talk to Passload. I was introduced by my friend Tim from Awesome Framers. He took me over to Passload booth because he's like, you got to try this framing nailer because um, I think you'll really like it. And he was right because it is literally the lightest framing nailer on the market right now. Um, and like, that's always been my problem is, uh, I mean, it's one of my problems is that I can't hold a framing nailer with one hand. I have to hold it with two hands because they're too heavy for me. They're, you know, they're extremely heavy. So that's a so that's a machine that that hooks up to your pneumatic. To, uh, it's a pneumatic nail gun. Well, um, I don't know. Yes and no. no okay, you're, I don't know. You're idea. not wrong. Um, so they actually they very kindly sent me three. They sent me um, framing, siding, and finish. So I think it's the siding nailer is pneumatic but the framing and finish are actually they're a hybrid um gas and battery combo so they Whoa. use a, a teeny tiny battery which is one of the reasons why it's not as heavy Light. and then a little gas canister as an assist which is super cool um so like i i'm really excited it's something i haven't actually talked about um with anyone other than the people on my Patreon, because for me, it's like, I hate talking about things before they're actually happening. So I'm like, I know something's going to go wrong, you know, but the, you know, I, I already, I already have these locked in for my next video. When I start rebuilding my house is that I will actually have sheathing to go on the walls and I'll actually be able to, to, to attach it with my very own, um, framing nailer, which makes me feel so legitimate. It's like, it's, pretty crazy and also that um let's see it's february now yeah so at the end of this month is the international builder show and i'm gonna go again i had such a fun time last time it was just like me and a bunch of like construction workers <laughs> who like all they all own businesses they all work in the field like it's it was so different from a maker event and i loved it for that and it's just like you know hanging out with awesome framers and he's introducing me to all of these like different framers from all over the country and all over the world and you know i went i went to the huber booth because he works with them too and and was talking to all the guys there and they were all fantastic and it's like this is this is a thing where um, I learned so much from that convention, just being around people who are in the industry and people like who really know what they're talking about. Like I appreciate all of my maker 
um, conventions and the maker community so much. But like we run in on excitement and ideas where all of these people are like <laughs> trying to feed their families, right? Yeah, like, yeah, the, that's very funny. The, it's the same thing I felt like when I started meeting more people in the knife community because I feel like um, – for the most part, the people I've met, the knife makers I've met, that is their business. And they also happen to put things on social media. They're not just like, you know, I made a knife in my garage. Isn't that fun? It's like, no, I run a business. And like, that's, that's my full time job. And so there's a, for me, there's been a very interesting, like distinction between people who like, do the thing for a living and also share what they're doing rather than people who share for a living and then do the thing, you know, to varying degrees of excellence. Um, but like I, um, I've, I've come up with a formula for when I'm really trying to learn something, like I was trying to figure out the, the proper way to um, install windows with this system that I'm getting. So I first went directly to the official website and watched a video that is on the official website. And it was actually it was a, a video that was done by someone who I've met at Builder Shows, um, Jake Bruton. He's great. Um, so he's doing the video. So I'm watching a professional. Uh, I'm watching a professional on the brand website. So I know this is the 100% correct way to do it. The second thing I do is I go to a YouTube channel of a professional like Awesome Framers who uses the same system. And I watch, this is how a professional does it on the job site. So like not under the watchful gaze of the brand necessarily. So this is how it works in the field. And then the third video I watched was um, Johnny Brooks from uh, Crafted Woodwork, I think is his handle name. But he used the same system and he is a DIYer. So like that's how a normal person does it. And it was actually like the the most informative way for me to learn something is like, here's how it should be done. Here how it is done. And here's how you could do it. That is like the ultimate uh, mesh of all the uh, easy, medium, hard, put it all together. And then you have your system. I think yeah, it's excellent. excellent it, was, way to go. it was so fascinating too. It's like, well, when it comes time for me to install a window, like I know that the only thing holding me back is my own fear because <laughs> like I, I know the process now. <laughs> That's that, you know what? I, I'm really glad that you said that because sometimes I have to say to myself, I used to say, I can't do it. I'm not, you know, I don't have the experience or I'm not, I'm not creative enough. Or I'm not able enough. And now I have to say to myself, well, that asshole can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Exactly. You have to you have to kind of like in your mind psych yourself up saying I'm not as big of a dope as he is. Mm -hmm. and he's making it happen. So I can make it happen. 100%. I look at all of my dope friends and I think that yeah, <laughs> yeah, they can yeah. do it. <laughs> but not dope like not like not dope, dope like, like cool. now dope. Yeah, not dope like like morons. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. That moron can do it. I'm I'm in there, baby. I'm in there. I said that to my of wife. Which, no. Yeah. I said that to my wife. She was saying, Well, do you think we should get do you think we should get someone to help us do this? And I'm like, if that moron can do it, I got this. You kidding me? In the in off the wrist. Easy. Absolutely. Easy. Except with electrical, because I don't want to die. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> electricals. That's a fucking good one. I'm good I'm okay one. to burn myself. I'm okay to like smash my hands with hammers, whatever. All of those things. But like when it comes to electrical, even when it's just like I rewired this lamp, I'm like that lamp is going to explode. I'm gonna get electrocuted. My house is gonna burn down. Like that's. I'll just you know what? I don't need to know everything. 
I will have someone do it and I will watch them. So if I need to change anything, I can do it. I I can change an outlet in the wall, but that's pretty much the limit. (laughs) You sound happy. I I am. I'm I'm happy because um like I there are a couple things that went right. <laughs> and it's not All like right, I, I'll take it. It's not like my life is so hard or whatever, but just um like the the boost that I got from these two I'm going to say it again, very professional in the industry companies, the boost that I got from them being like, "Hey, we'll we'll help." was kind of a huge deal for me um, because I love the support that I get from all the communities that I'm in. But at some point it starts to feel like when your mom says you're pretty, right? Where you're like, well, I'm not trying to attract you. Like <laughs> My mom says I'm pretty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and like, I, I appreciate it. And I don't want my mom to ever not tell me that I'm pretty. I love yeah. it when my mom tells me I'm pretty. Yeah, of course. But that's not but that's like bad. That's, that's not right. really like furthering my, let's call right. it a career, because I don't know a better word for my right. non-job. Wow. Um, I mean, uh, that is a very, you know, you de- yeah. Mom... <laughs> <laughs> my mom says I'm pretty. Mom. <laughs> you don't want you don't want all the time. Mom says I'm pretty, and that's your litmus test. Exactly. That's your level. That's your high bar. Mom says I'm pretty <laughs> is not your high bar. Okay, that's, ladies and gentlemen. I do not want that to be my fallback in life. It's yeah, not my mom, dude. You know, my mom thinks I'm special is not a good high bar. <laughs> like you know, important for you, yes. Yeah, but not a high bar. No. No, yeah. it's like a nice passing, you know, it's a, it's the warm-up bar. It's that's, the bar that's that the you just... That's the comfort zone. It's the one, you're doing the high jump, and you need to just kind of loosen up those ankles. Mom says, I'm pretty. That's your that's your loosening up stretch. It's, your it's just stretch. prepping me to go out there and have the framing nailer company tell me, company tell me I'm pretty, right? Like, that's, that's what I'm going for. Jesse Uetta. It's so good to have you. Once again, I'm so sorry for not having you on as the first guest. Oh, don't be sorry. You tell that fucking Steve House. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to slap him around. I think I'm going to slap him around next week, frankly. I mean, between you and me, I might have him and Matt Stagmer on sooner rather than later. We're going to talk about all their whatever they got going on. So I'll slap him around. He ain't listening to this. So I might slap him around before. <laughs> He's going to be so... I'm going to get the most angry voice message from him with his stupid, squeaky little voice. Um <laughs> He's going to be so mad. It's going to be great. <laughs> so what's next for Jesse Uweta? What's next for you? Um, well, next, um, I've, I, I actually have a reprieve because the weather is so bad that I can't be working on my house right now. I love it when that happens. Um, but I think that I'm going to start um, rebuilding my house um, in March, which also means that I'm going to go back to that um, – convention i'm going to get to talk to a bunch of guys who work in the field and just kind of pick their brain get me all hyped up and then come back and try and just smash through those walls i mean smash them up <laughs> i'm like smash through those walls that means something else and i already did that um <laughs> i <laughs> you know what when you said that i thought of other things but i also thought of the kool-aid man running oh, through a yeah. wall oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> guys ladies and gentlemen jesse Uetta, i jessup on instagram i jessup on youtube is it i jessup on youtube yes i jessup on youtube 
Go follow her. She is awesome. Je- I love I love talking to Jesse. I apologize for having you on the first week of February <laughs> when it wasn't when it should have been the first week of January. Uh, it was my fault. But That's you okay. are the best. You never ever. I am too old to play games. I'm too old Bless to play you for mind that. games. I'm too old to do any type of manipulation, any type of all of that stuff. You might get the magic wand. I'm not giving you the magic wand. I'm not giving you the magic wand, Jesse. Don't worry about that. Listen, guys, Jesse's the best. Go give her a follow. You already do. Most of you or most of the listeners of this will only listen to this episode because you're here. I usually get that. So welcome aboard, all you maniacs. This, you know, it, sometimes, sometimes that's the way it is, guys. Follow iJessup on Instagram and everywhere else. Go get her. Give her a couple bucks on that Patreon. Go follow her on that Patreon. And uh, we will see you next week. Oh, by the way, guys, once again, start sending me in your blacksmithing questions. I'm going to have Pat Quinn on pretty soon, and we're going to start to do some blacksmithing questions. So send them into uh, Full Blast Podcast on Instagram, and we will see you next week. Jesse, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.